This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za. We're heading through to the south um, as we connect with Dr. Peter Hammond. He's the founder of Frontline Fellowship, the Reformation Society, Africa Christian Action, and the William Carey Bible Institutes. Welcome back. Thanks for leaving us in very capable hands of Hunter Combs last week. We're good to have you back, uh, Dr. Hammond. Trust all is well. Yes, thank you so much. In fact, this last weekend I was running a biblical worldview seminar in Pretoria. Yeah. Really nice, wonderful to be with uh, people in Pretoria, see what God's doing there and, and interact with the folks. Uh, right now, we're in such a great season, the Christmas season. Mm. I know that there are people who've got their misgivings and there are those who don't like the fact that much of Christmas has been secularized, in some cases paganized, but Christmas is the most magnificent time of the year for evangelism, for charity, for kindness to strangers, and for family. Mm. And historically, it's only right that the greatest event of the year, the greatest holiday of the year, is celebrating the greatest man who was ever born, and to celebrate the greatest life ever lived. And the very reason why we date time as we do, (laughs) even an atheist has to acknowledge the centrality of Jesus Christ when he writes the date. Mm. Because this is 2020-what? 2,020 years since the coming of Christ. And so Christ himself is how we date time. He split the river of the ages apart. He is the hinge of history. Mm. He is the central event because even those people who are trying to uh, disguise or obliterate the Christian heritage can't really do it. Even those trying to replace B.C. with B.C.E. and A.D. Mm. the year of our Lord with uh, CE, uh, nevertheless, they've still got the same years and it's still dated from the same event. And so nothing else in history could have altered our calendars to such a point that most of the world today dates everything from the time of Christ or before Christ, even BC. So just to consider the importance of the incarnation, the coming of Emmanuel, God with us, that God became a man, that is born in a humble stable. He wasn't born in a temple. He wasn't born in a palace. He could have been. There was no room for him in the inn. There was no room for him, in fact, in any of the homes of Bethlehem. And one wonders, where were all the leading priests, uh, the high priest, the leading citizens, the elders of the city? But uh, they, were, they missed out on the opportunity of a lifetime. We mustn't miss out on the real message of Christmas in the real heart of Christmas, but also mm. the opportunities given to us by Christmas. Because during the Christmas season, some of the finest Christmas doctrine hymns are sung as carols or are broadcast even in secular malls. And to hear joy to the world and, oh, come all you faithful, mm. and all these wonderful Christmas carols are being sung, sometimes in secular settings. What a magnificent opportunity to use it as a springboard into an evangelistic conversation, to what really matters, into eternity, into uh, when you die, where will you go? Are you going to heaven? Do you know for sure that Jesus Christ is Lord and your Savior? Have you come to a place in your life uh, where you have eternal life? And so to know that the Lord came, that we may have life, that we may have it in all abundance, they, the charities and the different ministries and missions say that they receive more gifts 
in kind and mm-hmm. in uh, finances and in the uh, different uh, donations of, of time and, and volunteers during the Christmas season, then sometimes in all other 11 months of the year combined. Mm-hmm. Christmas is the greatest season for charity, for benevolence to strangers, for being able to go up to, in fact, in many cases, complete strangers and give them greetings, to bring smiles to people's faces. Now, there's a lot of things we can do. Uh, last year, a friend donated a whole lot of fluffy animals that she makes in a company, and my daughter and I and some friends went to the local Christian, uh, the local children's hospital, Red Cross Children's Hospital, and were able to donate these to uh, children in every ward. And uh, what a lot of fun that was, uh, bringing joy to the lives of these children in hospital over the Christmas season. And there was no hesitation on the part of the administrators or the nurses. They were all delighted to have this show of kindness. We've frequently gone to police stations over the Christmas season to give them baked cookies or cakes uh, made in our family and to thank them for their service over the Christmas season. And you can do this. We know of families that have gone into prisons, like Polesmoor Prison, and uh, been able to present the gospel on Christmas Day and uh, literally chosen as an American a family, missionary family, that the youngs who have gone on numbers of occasions into different prisons in order to share Christmas with the prisoners and to present the gospel to them and give them uh, various gifts. So this would not really be possible almost any time of the year, but historically, uh, Christmas has even brought a stop to world wars. Now, I was brought up being told stories by my father, who fought all six years in the Second World War in the Eighth Army, mm. mostly in North Africa and, and Italy, oh. that they would stop on Christmas Eve, that they would sing Christmas carols, not only to one another, but sometimes together, because they knew the same tune of Silent Night, to Come All You Faithful, and so on. And uh, he said in North Africa, uh, with the Africa Corps, they, they walked across, they played football with one another in no man's land, they swapped ration packs, showed pictures of their families, uh, they, were, they swapped... Um, the British uh, had pies, the Germans had chocolates, and uh, they, they were uh, in many ways uh, enjoying celebrating Christmas with who the world said were the enemies. And what else could bring that about except the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's the Prince of Peace? And in the First World War, the, there was a complete uh, ceasefire across the entire Western Front of 100,000 frontline troops. Uh, came out of their trenches and mixed with, between one another, German, French, British, Australian, Scottish, Canadian. We, they, we saw the most extraordinary developments and uh, the recent uh, historical uh, archaeological excavations mm. of grandparents' attics and uh, finding pictures and uh, finding uh, letters written at the time and, and mementos has unearthed something that was buried by censors for generations, and in fact was denied officially that it even happened. And now you can go to the Imperial War Museum in London, and they've even got exhibits and photographs of this phenomenal Christmas truce, which uh, governments denied even happened at the time. And not only on the Western Front, but the Eastern Front, the entire Eastern Front between Germany, Austria, and, and Russia, hmm. they observed not only uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, but two weeks of Christmas truce because the Russians celebrate Christmas on the Orthodox calendar on the 6th of January and, of course, we 24th, 25th of December. And so uh, from the top, the orders came from the officers in the Eastern Front, 
to observe two weeks of Christmas truce. Do not uh, engage in any hostile action unless uh, first um, attacked by the other side. And interesting, because the Western Front, there were no orders from the top. It was spontaneous from below. Whereas the Eastern Front, it was actually orders from the commanders to not initiate any hostile actions during Christmas, including the Christmas, according to the calendar of the enemy on the other side. Mm. And the stories that have come out are so heartwarming and so extraordinary. What else than the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ could have brought about, even amongst foes in the worst world war in history, uh, to, to let the guns go silent and for the people to come out their trenches and to express kindness even to the enemies. But Jesus said you're to love your neighbor and you're to love your enemy and you're to mm-hmm. do to others you want to be done unto. And that great Christmas verse should inspire us. You know, if, if soldiers in wars of long ago could put down their rifles and go and even embrace the enemies in the name of Christ on mm-hmm. Christmas Day, can we not reach out to those family members that we are estranged from, those neighbors, uh, even those strangers perhaps... Uh, Think of Isaiah 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, mm-hmm. and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. I'm sure God can inspire us to use this Christmas season to do even more in witness, in evangelism, in initiative. What can we do to make the lives of those around us Friends, neighbors, strangers, local hospital, police station, fire brigade, surely we can all do something as individuals, as families, and as a congregation to be a blessing to those around us in the name of Christ at the time of Christmas. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 729 AM. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za.